0: Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have another exciting DC special interview from our time in DC, the 49th annual March for Life and Prayerfully, hopefully, the last March for Life before the overturning of Dred Scott. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say Roe versus Wade, the second decision from the Supreme Court that declared not all humans are persons. And we are joined today by Denise Harley, who serves as the senior counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom, or Alliance Defense Fund, formerly called. I'm sure you're familiar with them, where she's the director of the Center for Life. In this role, Harley leads the team's litigation and advocacy efforts to defend pro-life legislation around the nation. She networks with pro-life allies, speaks publicly on behalf of ADF, and works to defend the First Amendment freedoms of pro-life healthcare professionals and pregnancy resource centers. Since joining ADF, Harley took the primary role during the briefs, drafting the briefs to the U.S. Supreme Court in NIFLA versus Becerra. You remember that, former Attorney General of California, Xavier Becerra, who really hates Catholic nuns and pregnancy resource centers, resulting in the free speech victory for California pro life pregnancy centers. She joins Unaborted today to discuss all things Roe versus Wade, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, the future legal landscape of America as we contend for the rights of the pre born child. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Denise, welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Seth. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a treat. It, it's incredible all the ways that God has united pro life leaders in this season because it's kind of all hands on deck right now, isn't it? And we are very close to the overturning of Roe versus Wade, which I found really interesting. I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Denise. I I have seen more leftists than conservatives predicting the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Conservatives have been a little bit more skeptical, skeptical because we've been burned by the Supreme Court so many times. So yes, let's just dive definitely. into that. Um, well, actually, firstly, tell us how you got to where you're at. And then I want your legal mind to just go epic bonkers on us and uh, tell us what we're looking at, but how how did God bring you where you're at contending for life and liberty on the front lines? Yeah,
1: so God brought me to my dream job, which is leading the Center for Life at ADF, doing pro-life litigation and um, pro-life advocacy uh, full-time with my law degree, which is something I never thought possible when I started law school, Yeah. Um, and he did that... um, Early in my career, I took a job in Florida with the Solicitor General's office. So under Attorney General Pam Bondi, I was her Deputy Solicitor General. And my first day on the job was a Monday, the Friday before Planned Parenthood had sued Florida over... Uh, wonderful pro-life law, which was a 24 hour waiting period, which um, just to give women a minimal amount of time to consider the information and the ultrasound that they've seen. And they hate that. They hate it, right? They don't want women to make an informed decision. They don't want women to even make any choice except abortion because that's how they make their money. And so I'm thinking first day on the job, I'm like, this is amazing. I never thought I'd get to work on a pro-life case. Wow. And it was super fun. I got to take that all the way up to the Florida Supreme Court. And in the midst of that, ADF reached out to me and their life team just blew me away with wow. just the the level of connections to expert witnesses and testimony and knowledge and expertise about pro-life law. And it was so fun to do that just for a, a fraction wow. of my law work. Um, and so when the ADF approached me a few years down the line and said, we have a position, would you be interested? I... Um, you know, prayed for a minute, but it yeah, was a yeah, it yeah. was a pretty clear green light, <laughs> cool. and so I've I've been with ADF ever since.
0: And then you were involved with Nifla versus Becerra as well. Talk briefly about yes. that. I I have I have just smashed Becerra on this show and in my speaking. So most of my listeners know who Xavier Becerra is, who now leads the HHS. But just give us a brief background of that case.
1: Right. The background of that case was it initially started when Kamala Harris yeah. as Attorney General in. Um, California was forcing pro-life pregnancy centers to post signs in their waiting room advertising for free and low-cost abortions. A clear free speech violation. This was another fun one where I had just started with ADF. Within two weeks, the Supreme Court granted our cert petition to take this case. And um, I was thrown into the fire when given the primary responsibility to draft all those briefs. And I got to sit Second chair when I was eight months pregnant <laughs> no with way. my first baby. And um, our CEO, Mike Ferris, argued yeah. it. And, I mean, it really sh- it should have been u- unanimous because it's yeah. such an obvious violation of Free speech, yeah. um, but it was still a victory and what, what a was warning the, shot.
0: The uh, the numbers what it was 5-4, five, four. Five, four. Yeah.
1: Now that was pre sure.
0: Barrett, pre Gorsuch,
1: pre Kavanaugh. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, so <laughs> okay, so wonderful. That's incredible how God's used you, Denise. Speaking of the Supreme Court, so uh, we are months away from what many people are predicting will be the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Finally, uh, forty nine years into this bloodshed. And they're very freaked out about this Mississippi case. It's called the Gestational Age Act, the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. And because at 15 weeks, despite the fact, excuse me, that the baby has ears, eyes, nose, a functioning nervous system, fully developed genitals, she can suck her thumb and yawn, doesn't matter. Uh, The courts decided that no states can ban abortion before viability, Mm -hmm. which is a squishy subjective term that changes every time some doctor comes up with a new way to say babies born at earlier and earlier stages. They're very angry about this. So I listened to the hearings. Uh, Sotomayor in particular was very unhinged. Uh, That woman needs some help. Um, Either she's mentally ill um, or she's just that evil. And I think we really know what the answer to that is. That I woman is. I was so grieved when she made the
1: the parallel between corpses, a brain dead person, yeah, and um, and a and a baby in the womb responding yeah, to pain. That's right.
0: Yeah, that was disgusting. It's like, yeah, yeah, dead people they might uh, react to if you poke their foot or something. So I don't really think that shows proof of consciousness or life. I <laughs> mean, and I was surprised by that actually, Denise, because Elena Kagan, to my understanding, was the biggest abortion hack on the Supreme Court. Remember, I mean, she was the one who helped either persuade or pressure ACOG, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, to change their definition of partial birth abortions from a never necessary procedure to a sometimes necessary procedure. So when Bill Clinton vetoed the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act, he was able to cite the science from ACOG that sometimes it is necessary. I mean, Alana Kagan is super compromised, but she was pretty quiet. She's...
1: She's, um, frankly, she's brilliant and she's very strategic. And I think that's what makes her, um, Hmm. formidable. And that's why that was the one piece of the oral argument that I thought, Ooh, boy, we really, uh, Justice Kagan didn't really lay out her cards. I think that's kind of the only question mark, but to your point earlier, um, it's always dangerous to speculate about the Supreme court, but after the oral argument, the headlines were completely consistent across the ideological spectrum, journalists pro-life, pro-abortion, whatever they may be, all agreed. We all heard it kind of the same way. Right. And it is looking like an absolute win Good. for Mississippi.
0: Good, yeah. So if, if I don't know, you've probably been asked this. I don't know <clears throat> if you've been <clears throat> saying what you think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that causes a PR nightmare for you. But if if you can, and if you had to, how would you guess this breaks down along justices, along votes?
1: I think there's definitely six votes to uphold the Mississippi law, okay. the 15-week law.
0: Do you think John Roberts excellent. will actually side with the conservatives? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah.
1: I think... um, he's, you know, betra- he's, the one that, he's
0: betrayed the unborn so many times. He's the one that brought <laughs> up
1: the fact that U.S. is in the company of China and North Korea right. as an extreme outlier with this horrific policy of yeah. allowing abortion on demand. Yeah. Um, And so he, he was very clear that he also was trying to say that, you know viability doesn't make sense and how do you even draw that line what's the principle right i mean what's the difference between 15 weeks and 21 weeks or 22 weeks so he did a lot of things affirmatively that i thought were really clear that he definitely thinks this law can be upheld um the question is is will they do that and throw out rowan casey or Mm -hmm. will they do something a little more moderate and just uphold the 15-week limit but not Completely say that Roe's overturned. Hmm. I think there's a. I think there's five votes <coughs> to overturn Roe for sure.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it's How does a, that
0: look? How does that work, Denise? Because if <coughs> if you uphold the 15-week abortion ban in Mississippi, isn't that a functional overturning of Roe? Because Roe and Casey, Casey affirming Roe, affirming the ruling of Roe, did not allow states to ban abortion before. 22, 21 mm-hmm.
1: weeks. Rose fundamental holding was there is a constitutional right to abortion that we have just discovered somewhere yeah. in there, and we can't, we won't even tell you which provision it's in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and, and Rose set out a trimester framework and said the right's this in the first trimester, it's this in the second trimester, and this in the third. So basically, first trimester can't touch it. Yeah. Second, you can do a little more, but you can't prevent yeah. abortion. Campana. And then third, you can do whatever you want. Casey kind of gutted Rose and throughout rejected almost all the reasoning throughout the th- trimester test and said okay we uphold that there is a fundamental right to abortion now we're saying it's a line called viability which at the time of Roe and the Roe opinion says between 24 to 28 weeks time of Casey it says 23 to 24 weeks yep. so you know our constitutional right is <clears throat> based on this moving line with <laughs> yeah. d- advancements of medical science yeah, yeah, yeah. or what determine yeah. the constitutional rights which makes yeah. no sense so um so i think they could say viability is unworkable. So that piece of Casey hmm. we're not going to, you know, we're going to depart sure. from. But Casey also introduced another new standard called the undue burden test. Okay. That said before viability, you can't place an undue burden on a woman's right to abortion. And so what the court could say, I don't think this will be done. I don't think this can be done in an intellectually honest way. Hmm. But what could they could say is we think 15 weeks is enough time that it doesn't create an undue burden. We think viability makes no more sense because of just how how rapidly science is developing yeah. what we know about babies in the womb now. <clears throat> right. um, but 15 weeks, we think, is, is permissible. We're not going to say necessarily where that line is, <laughs> no, but we yeah, know that 15 yeah. weeks is okay. Now, what that would do is just invite more court battles. You'd yeah. have a 14-week and a 13-week right. and a 12-week limit knocking on the Supreme Court door. And if they yeah. want to get out of the business, they need to overturn Roe and correct the constitutional landscape, and right. say there is no constitutional right to abortion. It's a matter for the people in the states yeah. to decide through the democratic process.
0: That's right. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. So that would be <clears throat> the the worst mm-hmm. of the best case scenario. Then mm-hmm. is if they did that. Um, I've always said when people ask me, Denise, is, are they going to overturn Roe? Uh, and mm-hmm. I because I've just been so skeptical. I, usually my answer is the is the only one I'll put my money on is Clarence Thomas. Like I, I would bet on Clarence Thomas because he's publicly said it was wrongly decided. He's, and it needs to oh be yeah. he says it every time so, he can. <laughs> yeah, he was brilliant. If I recall from the hearings, Denise, he uh, he asked um, Prelegar, Prelegar, mm-hmm. um, pre-logger. Uh, prelogger, Thank you, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Prelogger. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a brilliant question along the lines of a question I often ask, ask pro aborts, and which I'll be asking some of those pro abortion. Um, activists and kooks today at the Supreme Court, uh, he has something like this, you know, let's say, you know, a woman wants to take thalidomide, you know, because she's nauseous and throwing up, but but the doctor warns her of all the horrific birth defects that have resulted from that. But she wants Mm -hmm. it anyways. The physician won't write her the prescription. She finds it and takes it anyways. Her baby's born without any arms. Did she do anything wrong? Mm -hmm. Because remember, the fetus has no right to her body. Uh, it was something along those lines. And, yeah. you know, it's like you can't contend with Clarence Thomas. <laughs> and, and
1: part of what he was getting at is that, that pre-logger and the pro-abortion advocates cannot identify what the right is. Is it autonomy That's or right. privacy or liberty <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, you know, what is it? And That's so right. if, it, if it's bodily autonomy, which is what she was sort of trying to pivot to, yeah. then you run into this problem of like, okay, well, what about our... Laws that don't allow for drug use yeah. for pregnant women or, right. Right. or fetal homicide or, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Yeah.
0: It's so. irreconcilable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I have been giving this a lot of deep thought um, because I'm not uh, a legal mind. I didn't go to law school. I'm not as sort of trained and rehearsed in rehearsing the jurisprudence I wanted to ask you this, what does a post-Roe legal landscape look like? So obviously up somewhere like uh, Missouri would be a very safe state for unborn mm-hmm. children, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know that California with governor, we, we call him Newsom Leany, uh, he's teaming up mm-hmm. with the abortion industry uh, to launch 45 recommendations with the Future of Abortion Council. Yes, there's a group called uh, To Make California into a Sanctuary State. Yeah, yes, it's disgusting. I've, I've taken a look. New York would be, become a very dangerous place for unborn children, uh, as would Virginia and many others. So... Let's say these more pro-life states, they just ban it, let's say, right? Uh, or their, their pre row state law is mm-hmm. that it's illegal. Or others have some exceptions, but then they just go all the way and make it illegal. Mm-hmm. And, but then in California, you have women driving in and then Planned Parenthood, um, well, the state of California, using California taxpayer dollars to get women over there mm-hmm. to pay them to kill their babies. Uh, what does a post-Roe legal landscape look like um, when the abortion pill is now available via snail mail how does how does how do you see that all playing out in, yeah. in a sort of a legal landscape i know so that's sort of a broad a lot question in there.
1: so mm. it, my 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 first answer is basically the battlefront moves so the battlefront moves to the states and yes we will still need to make sure that each and every state has good pro-life laws that yeah. protect the unborn and protect women and there are going to be some that reject that yeah. um, but what's going to be interesting is time will tell in states where abortion is banned completely, um, it's, it's really important that the people of those states welcome those babies, love those women, yeah. and, and the dads, yeah. pregnancy centers, um, churches, ministries, yeah. whatever maybe adoption and foster agencies need to show. Right. Life is precious. We always meant it. We were always pro-life, yeah. not just womb, but womb to tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And life is a human right, and we can flourish yeah. when we believe that. And, and I hope... That those states start, start become lights and yeah. show the other states that yeah, yeah you can do this. You might be scared right now to go all the way and whatever pushback you're right. going to get, but you can do this. Yeah. You do not have to sanction this killing any longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the chemical abortion is a very dangerous thing. Thing. Yeah. Um, the FDA is apparently, you know, lifting the in-person dispensing requirements yeah. on something that's proven to be. Very, very unsafe yeah. um, to the extent that we even have accurate reporting. Yeah. What often happens is um, hemorrhaging, um, excessive bleeding, infection, yeah. and so forth. And women go to the ER and say, oh, I think I'm miscarrying. Yeah, yeah.
0: they don't go report so back stats to the abortion aren't valid. industry. Yeah, you can't trust those stats. But what, States how can does, do a lot, though. How does, they, how, how does someone like DeSantis or a more re- Republican pro-life state, how do they put teeth to state legislation post row that actually prevents the abortion pill from entering and operating within their state because i've been thinking about that i'm like that sounds like a nightmare like yeah. they're getting shipped from india on these pill mill websites and traffickers 40 year old 50 year old disgusting dudes are saying oh, they're 22 yes. year old women and you don't even have to confirm the age mm-hmm. the gender or the person requesting it so I, or the, yeah, what the, does just, that look like the legally? gestational
1: development <clears throat> which is key I mean, if yeah. you're giving this to a woman at 16 she's, weeks... Yeah, or
0: 20, and she's saying she's eight, yeah. It's yeah. terrible. There's and a so, boyfriend's
1: yeah. slipping in it. Well, here's what... We, we at ADF advocate mm. for states passing laws that still require anyone having... Any physician performing an abortion to have an in-person examination okay. of the woman first, whether it be chemical or surgical. States can do that. Right. Um, because the ultrasound and confirming the gestational age is critical. Right. It's critical to her, her life and her health. Right. Um, and so states can do that, and that you know someone can find it on a website. Yes, right. but whatever doctors prescribing through that website is now subject to whatever sorts of criminal um, right. licensing and <clears throat> civil fines. Because the whoever state would law. be
0: doing that, it's breaking the state. Correct. Law. <clears throat> okay, but and yeah, the and the punishment you... <clears throat> is on the
1: doctor. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. doing this.
0: So a lot, but a lot of those doctors would be overseas. I mean, a lot of these are being shipped from India, and not even stateside. So I'm just I'm trying to think like how do these pro life states prepare for this when, you know, it's hard to even identify the people behind this ghost machine of of, of abortion pills all over the
1: world. The abortion industry loves it so much. But I'll tell you what, Planned Parenthood is gonna want a piece of the pie and they're gonna want (laughs) These chemical abortion bills to be coming from them, yeah and so I think oh, yeah. they are going to try to get the corner on the market, and and that black market will be yeah. fringe and underground. Yes, yeah. And Planned Parenthood wants to make this yeah. their above board operations yeah, now.
0: Yeah, 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 that's right. Oh my goodness! So um tell us about your new appointment uh, with DeSantis in Florida. Uh, share about that. Very exciting.
1: Yeah. So I've recently been appointed to Governor DeSantis's um, faith based and community based. Initiative Advisory Council. Wonderful. This um, this is a vision that he had, and he and he works with the legislature doing so, um, but to activate the um, the nonprofit organizations, ministries, um, you know, community based w- volunteers, wow. do good organizations to enact good government policies, and the goal is strengthening families mm. and strengthening communities. <clears throat> wow. And I think we know that local often is better, right? Yeah. Those are our neighbors that we we love and we can love and we have right. access to. Yeah. If you have government somewhere far off mm-hmm. sending dollars to whatever program right. through whatever bureaucrats, that's not the most effective way. Yeah. The effective way is the churches and ministries that are on the ground already helping these people who are experiencing homelessness yeah. or whatever abuse or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And so this is his way to bring together leaders to come up with a plan of how we can maximize the impact of these churches and ministries and it's a real contrast to what you see in some other states where <laughs> churches and ministries are being targeted for <clears> the <throat> beliefs yeah to the point where you know virginia with the virginia <clears throat> values act wants to shut down um christian schools and churches they would want no, to no
0: denise they called it virginia <laughs> values that means everything in it is yeah good.
1: it's a hundred thousand dollar fine <laughs> every time you speak about your biblical beliefs about marriage and sexuality. And, and yes. we have two cases right now that we're litigating over this. Now, it's like
0: they're taking a page out of Justin Trudeau, huh?
1: I, I mean, I'm hoping the recent election will, <laughs> you gracious. know, elections have consequences. So, so, Denise,
0: I mentioned this to uh, our, my friend Christine Yergen the other day, who's a mm-hmm. pro life speaker as well. Glenn Youngkin is just out there trolling yes. the left, which I, I was so encouraged by, Denise, because he's kind of an old school Clintonite. He like doesn't have a very rock rib conservative record. I was a little bit concerned. Winston yeah. Sears seems to be a true conservative. But I was afraid that we had like another Mitt Romney on our hands. And I was like, oh, Lord, not, that's not what the GOP needs right now. But whether he's had a change of heart politically or he's just being told by people around him, dude, if you don't rule mm-hmm. conservative, you're screwed. Um, That's why you got elected. So they they appointed the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, which sounds like this far leftist-like appointment, except this was uh, two days ago. Their chief diversity, opportunity, equity, and inclusion officer will also work to promote ideas, yes, ideological diversity, policies and practices to eliminate disparities in prenatal care. And to be an ambassador for unborn children.
1: I think I heard this on the radio. And they might have changed the word equity to something else. Yeah, there too. isn't that great? Yeah, and you know, I I might not be as cynical as you. I do like to give, I, I like to, I, I kind of like Mitt Romney, but I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think one of my clients over the weekend texted me when he heard um, Youngkin's inauguration speech and said, he was so openly professing Judeo- Judeo-Christian beliefs right. and he prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. And so... I'm going to assume that's genuine yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. pray that it is. And I think that a lot of these problems we've seen in Virginia, maybe they will reverse course. Yeah. And I hope we see a trend of that that's right. nationally.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what an exciting appointment and opportunity for you. I mean, in California, we have a bill right now. They're being pushed, which would essentially, once again, uh, require uh, all companies, uh, organizations, so it doesn't matter if you're a church or nonprofit, to start funding abortions again through healthcare plans. It's like... Man, don't you guys learn your lesson? (laughs) You know, so that's why so many people are fleeing to Florida and Texas. And they're saying, later Newsom, later California.
1: What is America about? We're about tolerance and good faith differences of opinion. If you're going to shut out certain viewpoints and tell these people they can't exist, think about the consequences to communities if faith-based organizations were, you know, forced to violate their conscience or shut their doors or fined if they don't walk yep. the government ideological line yep. um, it's a, and it's the opposite of what we're seeing in Florida and that's why I'm so excited to see us promote and celebrate right. these good organizations.
0: That's right. I mean people are waking up um, and that's why your work has become all the more important. There was never any coexisting with the left. This is what people don't understand. That bumper sticker, coexist. No, they don't want to coexist. Every culture and society has always had standards and they've always enforced those standards be they good ones or bad ones. There, there is no r- real such thing as, as sort of just coexisting with these types of, <clears throat> of ideas when it comes to life itself, when it comes to whether parents can choose to be the primary uh, you know, involvement in educating their kids, whether boys can enter girls' restrooms. I mean, there are no coexisting with these ideas. You just have to fight mm-hmm. and you have to contend for the truth. And so that's why we love ADF and what you're doing. Uh, leave us with this, Denise. Where can people learn more to educate themselves um, to be prepared to contend in, in this hopefully post-Roe America, particularly if they're in more pro-life states and they want to make sure that their legislators are held accountable to be the pro-life legislator you told me you were going to be by banning, <clears throat> by banning abortion. How can people get more educated? Um, what does ADF have for them? Or where else can they get educated about this legal landscape and kind of what the citizenry can do?
1: Yeah, tis the season too. It's legislative season, so <laughs> That's right. everyone needs to be paying attention. Um, a lot happens really quickly. So, adflegal.org is our website. We okay. have case pages for all of our active litigation. Um, we have it broken down by topic, so conscience rights, um, parental rights, which is a huge deal right now yep. with vaccines <clears throat> and masks and yep. public school curriculum, um, life. You can, tr- you can track all of our case filings, blogs. You can sign up for our newsletter that gives case alerts on a weekly basis, yep. um, just so you can know what's happening. And our comms team does a fantastic job of, you know, I learn from them. That's how I figure out what's going on is I'm like, okay, let me follow our social media. So we're on um, definitely on Twitter and Facebook with regular updates. And we would love to have anyone follow along um, with our work because we are an alliance. And it's a lot of it's about everyone else out there who we are, you know, standing up
0: for. That's right. And where can where are you most active? Where can people connect with you and follow your work?
1: Um. So I'm on Twitter and I mostly only ever talk about work there. So you can <laughs> yes. definitely follow me on Twitter, um, but you can also find my my bio and my email address on the ADF page, um, Center for Life. We are always interested to hear if if you have any concerns, legal concerns, legislative concerns yeah, yeah, coming up about pro-life conscience rights or um, th- shady things going on with the abortion industry where you live. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me a yeah. holler
0: <laughs> good good thank you denise well thanks for joining the show today so. keep up the good work uh don't let muriel bowser get you down uh you guys are definitely behind enemy lines here we're here we're grateful we're still here, here right <laughs> we're know. marching that's right <laughs> Well, thank you guys for joining the show today. Uh, Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. It really helps us reach more people. We'll put the show notes for ADF and Denise Harley in the podcast. Be sure to follow ADF. They have done incredible work for a long time for life and liberty in this country. And organizations like theirs are actually becoming a lot more important in the near future here. If you want to support the show and help us reach more people, produce more content, and be able to take our ideas and content onto the street, head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted to become a patron of the show and just help us crowdfund us to reach more people. If you want to connect with me online, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or go to my website, SethGruber.com to sign up for my newsletter, to see my speaking schedule, or to book me for an event as 2022 is filling up quickly. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.